Support for the podcast this week comes from Grouse Mountain, the peak of Vancouver, Dekine Outerwear, and Tribute Board Shop in Nelson, B.C. This week's guest is MFM. It was a totally fun time, didn't get too gnarly. I kind of look at the Mystery Air as an improved evolution of the Switchblade. Snowboarding is ours. And obviously I like working with Burton. As an old school snowboarder, you get so used to being treated as a second class citizen. And I was like, how do you spell your last name? He's like, K-E-L-L-Y. And I was like, oh, we should get married. And he's like, no, too symmetrical. Like there's people that actually hate and and the thing about that is subconsciously like your subconscious is a million times more powerful than your conscious awake decision making mind right like and yeah so if, if subconsciously you're hating on anybody else like t- talking crap and being a hater and you know you know just criticizing well you will never ever 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 come close to that kind of success or that level of anything because subconsciously you're going to sabotage yourself because subconsciously you don't want to be the person that's hated on. Nobody wants to be hated. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I was talking about it with Dan O'Pendergrass. He was talking about, um, Devin Walsh and what a lot of people don't know about Devin Walsh is that that motherfucker can design a board. Also in the Kevin Young episode, Kevin Young was like, uh, Chip Wilson who started West beach. Chip Chip yeah. saw Devin and and just went like that kid's got good style. Like I want that guy to help me design the clothes for West Beach. Yeah, right. Like Devin didn't go around hating on people. Devin's like the opposite of that. He just loves snowboarding. So if he sees yeah. a pocket of like I don't know. Now I'm talking for Devin. I'm not and I don't know. I just don't. I don't see him operating in a zone of hating. And those dudes that do operate in a zone of hating. They're not at the top of any game. Yeah, they're just holding themselves down. They're really hating on themselves somehow, right? That's what I hear you saying. It makes sense. Well, yeah. And are we recording right now? Even already? Let's see. Yeah, we'll just go. Off? Yeah, we're good. We just I just got my levels kind of now. <clears throat> okay. Just because you know, I mean, you could start it however you want, or I don't know what we need to do, but um, I think the best place to start for me, like the most honest spot like that makes it easy for me to relate to the because i'm a bit of a i'm a bit of a fan you know what i mean like i'm a bit of a dorky fan and and i can (laughs) i can definitely get to the point where i'm like fanning out on somebody and it it really i i feel like i share a kinship with people when they talk about where they started right like where were you when you first got aboard and and what like what kind of board was that? Because I was I was a kid. I had a black snow, and then I my first pro board was like an Avalanche Damien one seventy five yeah. when I was like a little kid. Where where were you? You were in Colorado. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was I was just a skater. Right. I think like fifteen. Yeah. Um. And. Uh, I don't know where my my friends. Well, the first time I ever tried going, I, I yeah I borrowed a snowboard from my uh, friend, his big brother, because my sister was dating this dude and they were gonna go skiing. Right. And uh, my sister let me tag along, so I borrowed this snowboard and and just got some Sorels. And uh, it was a Burton Elite, right? One fifty one, like with that little metal thing sticking out the bottom. Yeah, the fins. 
and that's what he had. And so I, I went and tried, but they were skiing. I just tried to teach myself in the very first run. I fell and my, my, the board got caught in a little ditch. I like fell over in that ditch and uh, the board, the nose got, you know, that long ass nose and just a small ass tail. The nose got dug down in the thing, but my body kept turning. So I blew my knee out right, right off the, oh. right off the bat. Oh. And I was fucking pissed man like because beginning of the day and they just decided i was all hurt and they just i just went to the car and sat there and waited for him all day with a blown out knee i was so pissed because it i was more pissed that it took me away from skating for like three months because i had to wear this stupid ass knee brace all the whole time oh man i was like so i was like that was my very first snowboarding experience i was like fuck snowboarding it's just so gay you know (laughs) yeah yeah i was like Stupid snowboarding, get anyway, freaking skate. I'm, I'm a skater, and I, I just never went for two years until, and I never went again. I like threw it away, basically, like threw the idea away, and I, I didn't go until my junior year in high school because they had this uh, program for to getting the inner city kids up to the mountains. And so by then I had made, met a couple other skaters, and they were all like they were already into snowboarding. So they're like, no, nah, come on, man, it's no way, it's fun, deal done, you know, like. No, you do, dude. And I skipped the first time, but uh, finally they talked me into it. And then when I had somebody actually teaching me, um, you know, I got, I got, you know, did pretty good. And then I was like, holy crap, this is, you know, this, but that was, that wasn't, I didn't start until my junior year in high school. Right, right. And you'd already had two years of just hating on it, which was proper for skateboarding at the time. I, I was kind of, I was kind of torn between skating, which I love so much, but it was like, so cold up where I lived in the winter that you would break your kingpin, you know, like your, 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 your wheels would be too hard. Shit would be, you'd get hurt. It'd be cold. And so like (laughs) bundling up in like some gear and wearing some boots and going out. And for us, the first year of snowboarding was like, we didn't have any hills. So like no mountains. We just had like little tiny, we'd go to where there were cliffs and we would build mm-hmm. a fire at the bottom and we'd have a bonfire and then we would jump off little cliffs to flat and be like, <laughs> this is the best. It's so badass. But a good part of it was like being with your buddies around a fire. You know what I mean? Out in the back, you, you know, uh-huh. hills of our little town. Um, but once, yeah, once we were allowed on the ski resorts and we, and, I mean, that was almost right away. I started in like 89, maybe 88, Like... I could I could do stuff on a snowboard I that I wished I could do on a skateboard, and that's why I understood. Yeah, people from skating hating on snowboarding. It's like yeah, you you're spending your whole time going, oh my god, you see how big I just went, and people are like yeah, 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 you're you got buy <laughs> yeah. That was bro. that was the time when it was really hard. So all the skaters, you know, were just bagging on the snowboarders, and yeah, so they were like too cool for school. I totally. remember. Yeah, snowboarding has that kind of like. Uh, that little brother syndrome hey like we're always in the shadow of skateboarding i think and just like coolness and yeah like legit you can be a you can be a skater and live in a tent and eat ketchup on rice and fucking rip (laughs) snowboarder you couldn't do the same thing some people like camp out and hike up and that's cool but it's just not as accessible as skateboarding for sure well, I, I and I even realized that after the the effects of being closed minded like that, like mm-hmm. you know, there's a saying, a, 
around my like some of my successful friends that are like man yeah core is poor you know because like the core the core heads are just too cool for everything right against mm-hmm. big anything corporate any savvy business money kind of thing you know it's like yeah anything. And that, that kind yeah. of mess with that yeah. kind of you know yeah totally messed I, with. I could see that it's messed with people in vancouver for sure i remember skating a place called the crack pipe which was just like this ghetto spot with an amazing ramp it was like 110 feet wide or something mini ramp it was so fun it was like snowboarding on a skateboard because like you had to travel down the pipe you know what i mean like on angles it was so sick and when sluggo showed up and i think he was driving a mercedes there were like the core dudes that lived under the ramp or like in Uh the space with the ramp were like fuck that dude and i was like fucking Uh why because he has a nice car. Don't you yeah. want to have a nice car? Like, you guys really don't want to have a nice car. That's fucked up. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, wild. And I was like, I don't know. Not the opposite, but, like, one thing I, I realized later, you know, sometime in snowboarding, it was, like, when I moved up to the mountains, that's how the skiers, the skiers would look at snowboarders, like, look at this broke couch surfing dude, you know, <laughs> like, I didn't like that either. So I'm like, I wanted it. That made me hungry to want to, you know, show them what's that I'm smarter, more successful. Like, you know, I can have everything they have and more. And, you know, like the competitive side, right? Yeah, like, yeah. these guys are all this money up here, right? all this opportunity. They're not smarter. They're not funnier. They, they have less charisma. Yeah. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to see, you know, I wanted to meet people and know what they knew and all that stuff. Like I didn't even, I hadn't even read the books yet, but they, I was like, I knew there was stuff to be had. You, you were know? down for that. What was so? What was your first sponsorship set up like? Like when did you kind of like rise above the crowd as a as a snowboarder? That's I mean, like I said before when we were talking, I remember you for your style. Like you were influential style snowboarder. So where does that come from? Is that it seems to come from a bit of that swagger of like owning who you are and and like claiming yeah claiming that you're gonna be big which you were like that's dope where does that come (laughs) from when and sorry when does that start uh when does it start you know i think uh when you start believing in yourself Mm -hmm. um but after a while, like you, and you, and you, you get older, and you you start to care more about what other people think about you, and it takes some of that stuff away. But I stepped in; I didn't really care what people thought about me in snowboarding, because I was like the inner city kind of ghetto kid, and I could tell they didn't like us up there. Like we right. would come up there with the loud ass cars, you know, rap music, and they're just like looking at us like, "You're not, you don't even belong up here." You know, like <laughs> yeah. that, made, that made me hungrier to talk crap about it. Cause I'm like, look, man, you know, there's a bunch of maybe I, I just kind of at first kind of looked at it like, you know, a bunch of rich kids, man, they don't even like, they don't even, you know, it's, it's, it's I don't know that we just, we wanted to be up there. Yeah. You, know? you were in a, you were in a crazy spot. Like when I think of Colorado, I think of Aspen, I think of money, I think of like <laughs> tourists, you know what I'm saying? When, when you said you, you, there was a there's a program for inner city kids. I'm like inner city kids from Aspen. Like I literally am that naive where I think oh, of Colorado. Okay. I was like money, dude. Yeah. Oh man. Exactly. Okay. So, 
see every every state every city has a hood and has a as you know the city part interstate so i'm from denver right i'm from northwest denver okay so that's like it's really and hopefully one day you know i i, I can do my part to somehow it's just man it's so hard to influence you know those those resorts up there that cost hundred dollars a lift ticket and all that stuff right just just insanity man like it's it's pissed it, it upsets you but yeah you know it's for us like snowboarding was just so inaccessible you know like but they came up with these deals i don't know how you know with the school programs and yeah i remember specifically like a you know, twenty some dollars ski lift ticket or whatever, and it was like super hard for my mom to come up with that dough. Wow. And uh, so, um, but yeah, like, see, and especially with what I do now, I, I coach a lot of mindset and business stuff, and it's like nobody can give me excuses because I, I, there, I found a way. Right. Like, to, I mean, I, I literally, we, we didn't have any money, but once I got hooked, I, you know, I, I, st- I, I met people with cars. I didn't have a car, you know, they didn't have money for gas. So I would steal the gas. Like we'd have to steal our lunch, you know, our food. I would help. I, wow. I, I helped the dude out with a car. He had a car and I would, you know, the, back then you didn't have to, uh, you didn't have to pay for your gas up front with a credit card. You, you'd literally pay and then you walk in and you, or you pump and then you walk in and pay for your gas. Yeah. Yeah. So like we pumped pump it full and then you know had like duct tape over the license plates and take off down the alley and stuff it's like that, that kind you of like, really did that for real that's incredible oh man you know i never yeah i didn't i, I and not not out of being evil it's just you do what you gotta do and like Necessity, we didn't right. really yeah we, we used younger. to clip we used to clip tickets in the in the parking lot even though we could you know like yeah. we get freebies we, they'd give us two free for the shop and we'd show up with six people and then we would just take like snips and cut people's lift tickets as they were walking out. Like, hey, can we take yeah. your ticket? You're going home anyways. And they'd be like, exactly. yeah, okay. Yeah. And that's you just, how, that's, that's there was always a it. hustle. Yeah, there was always a hustle, but it didn't feel like we were like hardened criminals hustling. It felt like, and I, sorry, just, and I'm not just, comparing myself to you guys because we were just like assholes that lived in, in Vancouver that, I don't know, we didn't want to work harder. You know, to make more money to go snowboarding. The only thing that mattered to us was, you know, going snowboarding. So we just made it work the way that however we could make it work. I remember exactly. companies putting like a, like a clip, like a snap on the belt loop of the of the pants so that you could like unsnap. Your, you put your lift ticket on, the guy tugs on it to yep. to make sure you put it on. And then you unsnap it and the other guy, you're, you give it to your friend and he can put it on his pants. Like companies yep. did that, you know what I mean? Like, what the <laughs> fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, resourcefulness, man. Like that, I, literally. That's that's how I went pro. I I, I didn't pay for. Well, I still don't pay for lift tickets. <laughs> but incredible. like, but like, seriously, first ten years, e- easy. I like because I even got jobs around wanting to snowboard. I, I got it. I delivered pizzas in the hood. Yeah, it was so sketchy. I, I, I you know I carried weapons on me and a freaking spotlight for my car because they don't they don't they try to jack the 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 delivery guy yeah and, and uh and so i you know i'd spot out the the thing you know the the house first but like i got a delivery job because i you know then i could i could work from 6 p.m to 2 a.m yeah and then i get my sleep in because you can go anyway until after 12 30 when everybody's done and then you go clip the ticket 
Right. So oh, that wow. was like a like for you know eight ten years straight of <laughs> of that. That is absolutely amazing. Yeah. See, because you have a persona from you know the industry would take a guy like you, link you up with a company, and then there would be marketing based around this, but. I didn't know what was real, you know, like consumers don't know, like, is Mark Frank a fucking ghetto rat that's actually doing bad shit? Or is he just like a trust fund kid like us, like everyone with a middle class family that could afford to send them snowboarding that just chooses yep. to put on a badass persona? You, But you were the yep. real deal. Like that was <laughs> you. Like that's fucked up. Like I've never held a gun in my life. Well, one time out in the bush on a on a reserve or whatever, shot at cans. But I've never ever had to yeah. think of my safety in any capacity. Just wandering oh, on the world, right? Yeah, yeah, it don't get it don't get no more real than than you know what goes on over here. That's crazy. Not anymore. Not not over here, but like you know. Yeah, yeah, no, um, no, I understand. Before, like I was yeah. just young and dumb, but like, but then I, and and really, like now I I didn't know what I did when I did it, but now I know, like from reading all the books, exactly what I did. Like, for instance, like I, I, I changed my environment. So, mm-hmm. you know, the skateboard literally helped me change my environment because all my friends were gang members. Right. But I just and we all we all were skating before high school, but then once high school hit, you know, it uh they wanted to be good at something else. And I just wanted, I stuck in skateboarding. So it literally saved my life. And then from there I met, you know, skaters downtown and they weren't into, you know, hurting people and all that stuff. How do you, how do you get away from the fact that it's so difficult to not join a gang in that situation? Mm -hmm. Like what, if you've got friends that are going in, and they're pressuring you to be that way. You just like literally switch your life to another part of town. Is that it? Like you, well, you leave no, and you it's, skate it's not somewhere even, else. It's not, it's not even pressure. It's it's like they call it peer pressure, I guess. But like, mm-hmm. man, you, you know, it's just like, yeah, you want to be part of whatever you're around and all that stuff, and mm-hmm. try to be cool for everyone. But I already knew I was, you know, not scared of things, and and I, you know, I think it comes down to like. Uh, there's too much to list as far as environment, but my mom was like, uh, I don't know, man. She's like, I, uh, I, I, I didn't understand how they didn't understand that, you know, like, I don't, I don't get w- what you don't get. That's like, you know, not understanding that like shooting at people and stabbing and robbing, like, you know, is bad. How do you not understand? Like, this was not right. You know, so, so, you know, and then, and then it made it really easy because if you find your passion, mm-hmm. you, I, just, that's all, I just wanted to do that. So we would literally go downtown and I would like, you know, all my friends were like s- stealing the other guys' skateboards, you know, they, like we'd skate downtown over the bridge and then like all the suburban kids would go there too to skate. Yeah. And, uh, but they were better than us. So I was like, I would start sticking up for him. I'm like, don't, don't take that dude's board, man. He's cool. He's good. Right. And, and. I just, I didn't, I don't know. I just didn't like doing that to people. And, uh, so I started meeting friends down there and making friends. And I, I literally didn't know that back then, but I, I changed my environment. I started making new friends that kept me out of trouble. And that's where I met Kelly Flynn. And I, I don't like to talk about it a lot. Cause I'll, I'll cry. Like, right. Right. God put, God put that guy in my life to, to, uh, 
believe in me. That's so dope, I believed man. in myself. Okay. And he, he, I didn't talk to anybody. I was kind of quiet. Like this dude could talk to everybody for me and got my, got me my first sponsor and all that. That's right. Okay. I, I'm totally naive. Who's Kelly Flynn? Was he a part he, of a company? He, just a buddy of yours? No. Nah, well, a, not anymore, but like he, so I met him downtown and then I found out that we went to the same school because I saw him at the school and this was a school outside of high school on the side, like a couple blocks away. That was for people that weren't going to go to college. I got gotcha. you. It was yeah. called Career Education Center, CEC. So he was there for photography. Rad. And I was there because I was a dummy. I didn't know what I was going to do because I didn't like <laughs> anything. And I was there for like mechanics class and carpentry and like. Sure. And but I but I was like, no way, you you go here, you know. And so he was learning photography. He wanted to take pictures. So he was like, we should take some pictures. And then, you know, I was like, uh, okay, you know, whatever. But then, like, literally took this guy four to five years of trying to tell me he's he kept telling me like dude you're you're like good man you're <laughs> you're good i'm you should be sponsored right like he, he kept saying stupid like not stupid stuff like stuff and yeah i didn't believe him i didn't believe him i was like nah you know i just thought he was full of shit and he, he kept saying it man and like finally he was like no i'm, I'm telling you man like i'm gonna talk to some people for you dope and he he literally would speak for me like just because of the good the goodness of that like that was a different experience from all my other friends that would steal money and drugs from me and right right you know like, like just like i couldn't believe it that's fucking cool dude that okay that's awesome so does he end up being a photographer down the road for like skating, yeah. snowboarding kind of stuff yeah yep and then he started you know he was like a total natural networker and Brad would talk to everybody and you know make these angles and get free product and he was he was sponsored so he'd give me the same like free boards and stuff and then he wanted to like he was trying to make money and selling photographs so he kept photographing me which pushed me to want to do better and you know i liked seeing myself and so he had the car man and i had to like (laughs) i would create the resourcefulness to get to the mountain because pretty soon he wanted to do snowboarding and uh what was the first board sponsor that he got you hooked up on? Um, he he got me a, a so it wasn't my first snowboard, but the first free one I got was a Tarquin Robbins. Sick! Oh, that's yep, so sick. The one with the one with the shotgun. The shotgun. Oh, dude, that's epic. That, that, I know. I wish I wish I had that man. It was my first free snowboard. I'll that's... never for, I'll never forget it. I couldn't even believe it. That's incredible. Well, was Tarquin up there at that time? Because he moved up to Colorado around. Yeah, he's that he's time. the one that made me want to like him and Jay Nelson and these guys doing skateboard tricks on their snowboards is what what I wanted to do. Rad. Yeah, there was a really influential group of people in Colorado at that point. For yeah, like they were getting in the magazines and they were getting in the movies. I remember Anthem. I forget who made Anthem, but Anthem had a lot of. Dudes from Colorado. That, yeah, that's the movie that yeah really made me after it. Yeah, me too, dude. I remember watching that in the shop over and over again and the animation and just everything about that movie was like, we wanted to be like that. It was like fat pants and just fucking jibbing everything and giving zero shits. That was a good movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you get on, you get on, so that's on... Uh, that Tarquin Boards was Evol, right? 
Is that who that was? Uh, no, that was a, oh, so that, was, that was an aggression. Aggression. Oh Pompton, shit. Yeah. Here in Colorado. Yeah. Aggression. That's sick. And so you're just getting flow boards kind of like tangentially through your photographer guy. And yep. did, you, did you get like some photos published? Did he like get some into some magazines and shit? Oh, wait, hold on. No. So, well, it was half, half Kelly and half this other dude that, we were hitting this uh, jump on the top of Loveland, and I like hit it crazy, stupid big, like on accident. It was like just out of control, but I'm pretty tough. Like get back up, you know, crashing super hard, go back up there. He's like, "Dude, you're you're good, man. I should." And he was he was getting free boards. He's like, "I'm gonna, you know, I get free boards. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get you a free one." Oh, because he watched me crack my good and fruity. That's right. So. <laughs> Oh, dude so we, we we like my my you know the people that i go up with too sometimes my other friends would like take snowboards and and one of them took this snowboard from a contest it was a lamar you know made by lamar but the good and fruity candy company <laughs> yeah made a good and fruity board and I, somehow i got into i got uh, i got that my hands on that board and we t-bolted it and i made it into like a new school Amazing. board and that guy watched me break my board so i didn't have crap then I was all kind of bummed, and he's like, "Dude, I'll get you. A f- I'm gonna try to get you a free board. I I, I ride for uh, aggression." Rad. So then Kelly got and you know was talking to those guys, and they, they, I ended up getting a, a board. That's fucking dope, dude. Especially <laughs> yeah. that it's a good and fruity. I can't. I'm like, yeah, fucking MFM on a on an aggression. That's badass. But <laughs> on a good and fruity, I don't know. It's not as good. It's, <laughs> not as core man but it's pretty dope i like that you cut it down there was some there was some wacky shit around that time hey like you know just crazy banana and smelly tuna and all that shit was going yeah i I cut it down painted it white Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah that's killer that's fucking killer dude so how does it go from there because aggression only lasts a couple of years right i don't know who was behind that company who was the dude behind aggression yeah then um i don't know there's a lot of time in between there like i i was down in denver just trying to make it struggling i I would you know do i don't like to talk about it i don't endorse any of that stuff but like whatever it took to make money right and uh and luckily through snowboarding through kelly flynn i met this other uh christian friends that literally would give me the shirt off their back and they're just they're such loving giving people that that was my real first experience of really quality people that would literally like they're there to serve and mm-hmm. they let me move in with them up in Vail. Wow. Like they're like, we're going to, we're going to take a, a year off of uh, like a, not go to college this year so we can go be ski bombs. And I was, and, uh, you know, I started, a or like I, I was able to move up there with them and there was like five of us in a two bedroom house. But Right. And you weren't ever that dude that was tempted to like, jack their shit or anything like that like while you're up in Vail you're like hell no this shit's behind me I'm not doing this shit anymore like I'm blessed this is this is my new yeah life. like they're the type of people that you, you definitely yeah would never 
do any like yeah and it's not like you know you don't even have that mindset that like jack people or anything it's more like you know it, it'll justify s- stupid things yeah i'm talking like you know selling like s- stealing things selling whatever like little things that you think don't do harm yeah totally but I, that's how i got by basically wow uh, and uh yeah that's fucked up, but I—I I mean, not fucked up like it's <laughs> fucked up for my life. You know what I mean? Like I've—I've I've never gotten to that point in my life where, I ah, what am I talking about? Yeah, for sure. When uh, when you're a scrub kid, you, yeah. you make sketchy decisions, and yeah, you don't and, know any better, and you don't know any better, and you're not doing it because. But you do internalize that shit a little bit, right? Like I know I've been at parties in Whistler with my old bosses, friends, and stuff where I'm in like ghetto stinky snowboard clothing going like i don't deserve to be around these people (laughs) like for sure not why am i here and then yeah it's just like a part of being a kid it feels like i'm relating to you but like i i can't claim any hardship man i i've had a very easy life you know what i mean Yeah. yeah yeah totally so um I don't want to hop forward all the way to Sims, but like there, there has to be a point in there. It's got to be tech nine days, right? Where you're getting footage. That's why. That's why. Yeah. I mean, yeah. once I moved out to Vail, I started meeting, you know, all kinds of other people. And that's where I met the, the tech nine dudes. They had moved up there from New York and I, you know, I, of course I fit yeah. right in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause they're see, I, that was the thing. I don't, I don't, and I don't want to get hurt or anything by saying this, but it felt like the Tech Nine dudes were like kind of fake gangsters from New York. Like they were um, kind of into that shit, but like yeah. as a lifestyle, sort of like watching movies like Juice or something and being like, yeah, <laughs> we're hard, right? But it, yeah, they. No, put- I mean, you know, Ethan, they, they were they, they were from New York or, yep. you know, or Ethan was and his dad, but, um, and, but Cole. Uh, was like starting to hang with them too, and uh, mm-hmm. like everybody met up in Vail, and they were just into hip hop, you know. But, right. Like, but they were real, like Cole, man. That was my. I, I'll never forget. Like I was like, these dudes. I like these dudes. They're real. Like because right. the first time I ever met, like we, so we kind of man, we're like, yeah, right on. You know, we should go out. Let's go out tonight. So we we go to the like the bus stop up there in Vail, and we all immediately get into a fight with some douchebag skier dude, like a you know. <laughs> and the, I don't know if I should even say this, man, but like my, I saw this, you know, we got in this big fight with a couple dudes and my, I won't name names, but he, he, he kicked him right in the face. You know, once we it was down, I was like, oh, that, all right, he's real head. Like, wow. you know, at that, at that time I thought, you know, okay, that's not the right mentality, of course, today, but no, like, no, I hear where you're coming from, but yeah. he wasn't scared, you know, and he, like, he wasn't scared to you know have his friends backs and you know like we it was a legit battle and okay yeah so because i met the guys from what was yeah tech nine because tech nine bindings the guy that i worked for up in vancouver he distributed tech nine for a while just before the boards when it was just bindings and maybe it was the dude's dad he seemed like a legitimately cool fucking guy. The, the bindings were a little tiny bit ghetto at the time compared to like totally. what was coming out. So it was always like a bit of a struggle with Tech Nine that we were like, 
you know, trying to push these bindings that were maybe like one generation behind in technology, <laughs> but, yeah. but like had like ads in the magazines and shit. Like they had legitimate writers on their program. It was like, they fucking work. Bindings are the least important part of your kid anyway. So fucking, you know, you may as well get these tech nines that we could sell them to you cheap. Like and we just put them on everything. But then by the time tech nine got to boards it started to get squirrely right like i remember the dudes maybe running out of money or yeah things get of course this is business things yeah get yeah ups and ups and downs and all that stuff they've been through a lot yeah their sure. first generation yeah. of boards kind of fell apart a little bit and that was like eating into like the profitability of the you know like my boss was like the the profit guy he's like he knows the margins he knows what he's got to get the the money together for you know what the the bindings have to sell for this amount and that means he's got to land them for this including all that and uh i was just the guy like riding them going they need to up, upgrade their buckles or whatever you know what i mean yeah <laughs> i want a, a softer high back or something but um i i forgot that tech nine was was that company they did really well with bindings for a few years in there man and is that where you meet yeah. Whitey? Do you meet Whitey through that? Uh, no, later on, like basically once we once I I moved to Utah, man. Like I uh, moved out to Vail for the first year. Like that was my first year, really like starting to get better and learn more and all that stuff. But you know, then I a little bit of struggle. Went back to Denver, tried to figure things out. And then my friend uh, Frank was like, "Oh, man." You know, because I, I I was starting to get pretty good. He's like, "Oh, do you want to see some real stuff? I, you need to you need to see Snowbird." Okay. So I was, so he knew it was snowing, and he he literally we drove up in his Volkswagen Rabbit, and uh, and we we caught Snowbird on a good day, like a powder day, and I was like, "Holy shit, <laughs> Red! I need to be here. Like, I need to. I don't know how." but I need to be here. And then randomly, man, when we were up there hanging out, there was some dudes, which, which became the best years of my life. Like my friend, Sean, justice, Micah, they, they let me move in. Sean was from Denver, but he lived out there in Utah already. They let me move into their apartment. And I, and right in that process, I like got my first, uh, sponsor, which was world. Nice. Like my first real paycheck. Yeah. And I, I I was able to move up there. Who was that team? That team was Sean Johnson. Sluggo was yep. on that team. Um, yep. Who else had a board on there? There was a couple on World that were big. And like, man, that was that was best years of my life. Right? Sick. Like some of them. Yeah. Because man, it was like epic. Yeah. Crazy. World was crushing it skateboard wise too. So would you get those? You would get those like uh, the smiling mm. devil decks and yeah. stuff like you would get all your packages would have like boards and like yep. hoodies and just they had made outerwear for a bit there too like you would just get like tons of shit yeah that's epic that's really cool that's a great sponsor at that time huh yeah that's a, a funny story right there because um we i i got i had a sponsor in colorado called shot snowboards and you know I remember free snowboards that. and yeah shot shot was the you know it was gonna it, it, it was gonna be cool but they were you know right when we had had gotten a prototype i got my first 
prototype with my name on it aboard and I wasn't ready to be pro yet. Uh, but me and Jason King got a pro model and with our names on it, just like a sample board. And I still have that one. Rad. Um, but then it went out of business. Yeah. But at least I had the, the, you know, I had that going for me where, where I, like my first meeting with world where everybody was all, you know, they didn't really know too much. They're they skeptical of me, but, but so I went to the, the meeting and I was like, they're like, okay. So, you know, they're asking me questions. I'm like, no, no, I already have a, a pro model with my name on it. Nice. And they were like skaters. So they didn't really know the deal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I was like, no, I already got, I already have a pro. So that kind of gave me leverage to, get a paycheck or else I would have never got it in my first paycheck. You know, That's but I had so supposedly dope. already had my, so I just <laughs> told them like, and so, so they're like, Oh, okay. Well, like what kind of, you know, what kind of money are you asking for? And I just blurted out something like, I think it was 1200 bucks. And I was like, didn't expect any of that, but they're like, all right, well, how about eight? I'm like, all right. But inside I was like, holy crap. Yeah. Bucks. You're like, That's I'm insane. getting 800 bucks to snowboard, man. I'm a fucking pro. Yeah. That's sick, dude. That's really about sick. my first, about my first turntable. Yeah. I, only could, I could only afford one so far, but that was like, that was my first check paycheck. That's awesome, man. So where are you living in Utah at that time? What part of like right in Salt Lake? Um, yeah. Salt Lake city. Yeah. Cause I went, I went and stayed with a friend, Seth, who who lives in Park City, and I, that blew my mind. Utah's got that whole range is like a big giant circle, and like there's always good snow somewhere on that. It's, yeah. And it's sunny, and it's you can ex- access the backs with like sleds and shit. How many years were you in Utah? I think fifteen, sixteen. Oh fuck! Amazing. Never, yeah, man. I went out there and never came back. That's crazy. So would you have met Al Clark when he was living there? Uh, no, maybe met once. Yeah. You know, but like not didn't get to hang out or anything. Like, cause I think he was staying with Tina and Mikey. Like, did you hang with the Bassages at all? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I, it was another blessing. I love, I love those. I love them. I love the Bassages. Like yeah. Tina let me move with her in a rough time for me. Rad. And she let me move in and she just totally looked out for me and it was a freaking blessing to me. I love her to death. What a sweetheart. Yeah, she's been on the show. And and Mike too, actually. Yeah, man, such good people. I can't even stand it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really good way to put it. I I instantly <laughs> was like, I need to buy two for one clothing. You know what I mean? Like I want to support this guy's lifestyle. And, yeah, uh, totally. Yeah, actually, Nelson in Nelson, there's a board shop called uh, Tribute, and Shane from Tribute called me after hearing Mikey's interview and was like, "I guess I got to order two for one now, huh?" And I was like, "Hell yeah, you do!" Yeah, yep. that guy's awesome. Yeah. Hey, Eric, I, um, like I gotta get my kid in the car into wrestling. <laughs> yeah, bro, of course. And so as soon as I get him into wrestling class, I'm good again. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Just call me back. I'll be here. What do you do with it? Like, is it how much traffic does this get? How like how do you? Is okay. this what you do for work or like? No, like, man. How do you monetize? This is my, this is my passion project, and uh-huh. I do get some gear. Like the kind gave me some gear this year, and I did a fundraiser, raised about eight hundred bucks, which was dope. 
but it was just like I just put on the Kazoo movie premiere. You know what I mean? So a bunch of cool companies gave me like space and paid to get the movie and shit. So um, that's nice. But I mean, eight hundred bucks doesn't even cover like the <laughs> the bandwidth that I got to pay to do it. Which I, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't care at this point. I'm doing it to. Uh, because I enjoy talking to dudes like you, which is dope. And, uh, because I, it, it gives me some sort of feeling of being relevant in snowboarding still. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but you could monetize it. I think there's some other guys that are out there working on monetizing it. Mark Sullivan from trans world uh-huh. is doing one right now where he's like putting out like five shows a week. And I think he's trying to make it his job. Yeah. Uh, which all the power to him, man. I hope it works for him for sure. Like my attitude, actually, this is good. Sean Kern says hi. Nice. Yeah, he I loves you. Dude. Say what's up. Yeah, for sure. And he was telling me like, he's like, bro, your attitude is wrong. You gotta fucking keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job, and you're doing something good, and um, you're gonna make some money from it. You know, like it's gonna it's gonna pay off in the end. Like you're gonna make some cash, and I was like, I don't know, dude. I just don't like the praise or whatever. I'm like holding myself back, and he's like you. He's like really gone heavy into, uh, like making himself a better dude. You know what I mean? Like really, he's read yeah. a lot of shit. He's done a lot of courses, and he's uh, he is, and you know him from back in the day. He knows how to. Promote. Yeah, he's sharp. Yeah, he's sharp. He's heavy, dude. Like that that guy is really like one of the most um driven individuals I've ever met. Yeah. Yeah. And so like he was he was saying I'm going to do great with this and I'm like that's good, thanks. But even in the back of my mind I'm going I I don't know, man. You said it, you said it in the first half of the interview. Um, core yeah. is core is poor, right? But I would say rich is a bitch, dude. Like I don't think being rich is really gonna work for me because I, I, I don't want it. I want that in between, that like balance of like being able to love a thing. Like you know when you watch somebody who's out filming and they are not feeling it. It's yeah. uh, their life is like. I've I've heard it from a lot of dudes like Kevin Young's going one day he looked at somebody who was just like driving in their car to go to their lame job and he's like they they're not afraid you know what I mean they're not on top of a a line thinking like I could break my leg today they're just like going to their job and getting their paycheck and their job is like <laughs> easy why is my job so hard you know <laughs> that's insane because I thought he was. I thought you were about to say the opposite, like because that's the way I used to look at people. Like, or even like I remember every time we'd go, go on tour for videos or you know whatever we're doing. As soon as we'd hit the city, <clears throat> I'm like looking upward at all those buildings and like, what the fuck do they do inside there? Like, how could you stay in there all day? I was like, that I'm deathly, deathly afraid of that. Right. Okay. Yeah, I hear you, dude. And yeah. I would I would say I've had those moments. I've never had a moment like what Kevin Young was talking about, where I'm like, yeah, I wish 
I ah, that's not true. Sometimes when you when you're like um, running your own business, I did a distribution company that sold stuff, and you realize what it means to be the boss, like to have all of the oh bills. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. Then you kind of go like, oh man, I sort of wish I could still just like draw a check and go home at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Draw a check, go home at the end of the day, and I don't think about work. Uh, yeah. So I, I have a job right now where that's my gig. I, I'm a mailman, so like, I just yeah, I do my mailman gig. I keep my legs in shape for the winter and uh, gives me money for my family. I'd, I'd love to talk about your family because you you featured your family in some of your advertising stuff. Like, you got kids, right? Like you have some kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, depending on the advertising stuff, you know, the the funny the the funny one was from World. Yep. And before I forget, though, like, dude, you know, these are important conversations for because you said you said passion conversation, you know, like passion mm-hmm. project, and like, dude, I do this every day. I I coach and train and teach mindset, and it's all parallel laws of success from snowboarding and everything else that I've done, but. Mm-hmm from reading all the books, you know, it'd be like a whole coaching session, but like, dude, it's like, choose your heart. Mm-hmm. Cause people, people think the job thing is hard, but I mean, it's easier, you know, cause it is man. Like, okay. Entrepreneurship is hard, Yeah, but it's like, choose your heart because then the regular job thing is like, man, that's, that's hard. Like that's 40, <laughs> 40, 45 years, you know? And if, yeah. if you kind of hit it hard for, a certain amount of time if you do you know stick in there and go you know make it with a passion and you can't call it work if you love it right but you you know you bust it out for 10 20 years that's that's better than 45 hell yeah you know and it's easier like in the long run like it because it's it's not like it gets easier it's you get better right, right? like as a as an entrepreneur and you just gotta stick in there and stuff and hit those the hard parts is what is the best part it makes you stronger like I like that. Choose your heart, right? Because there is it like, yeah, uh, you see people coasting through life, but it's very rare that unless they're like a trust fund kid that they're going to have a fulfilled life. You know what I mean? I feel, I feel pretty happy with like the shit that I get to do and like the passion project thing. I really do feel like at some point, like if somebody was paying me to, to bother you, not to bother you, to get you on the phone. I would feel uh-huh. like I got to, first of all, I got to pay that forward because nobody wants to hear my voice. They want to hear you. So I got to take that money they gave me and give it to you directly. That would be my thing. Anyway, if I made any money from this, it would be going to the guests. It'd be going to Sean Farmer. It'd be going to, you know, Chris Roach and uh, Revert Foundation. He was talking about exactly what you mentioned it up front. It's hard for kids to get to the hill. So he's got a foundation where he's like raising money to get lift tickets and gear for kids that would otherwise maybe not be able to get up there, dude. So yeah, yeah. Like, I like that stuff. I mean, I totally understand. I would like to have a life where I have, you know, a lot less financial responsibilities that I have to worry about, like where the money is taking care of itself. Sounds like yeah. you've been on that path for a bit, huh? Yeah, man. Yep, and it's working I, for you. Uh yeah. I mean, dude, like I can make money any way that I want. Really, I'm I'm not 
not afraid of seeing them like a risk risk taker and all that stuff. But like mm-hmm. basically, I've, I've found my passion projects and I could do it all freaking day because I love it. Right. It's, so it's not work, right? But it's still a service. Yeah. So like you're do, you're doing a service that's valuable. Sure. It should be monetized. <laughs> you you hear where I'm coming from though too, right? Like in today's day and age of of Instagram free videos, every all the media is free, right? For me, the yeah. most important thing is that the conversations are unimpinged by uh, that thing that kind of fucked with snowboarding in the 90s. It kind of that thing that came in that, you know, whether it's the Olympics or. Oh, yeah. And you have to Ford watch out to not hurt people's yeah. feelings and all that stuff. Yeah. No. So, so see, yeah. that that's a, that comes down to like a coaching, though, and a, a mm-hmm. coaching session. And, you know, like not that I'm, you know whatever but like it's you know when you yeah when you take sponsorships mm-hmm. or whatever then then you maybe have to watch out because all these companies are scared to you know hurt feelings or whatever but when you know how to monetize for yourself mm-hmm. and drive traffic and create value you have your own stuff that you like value or partner with uh companies where you're just collecting commissions not sponsorships yeah that's a great idea that I mean, I would be down for that for sure. That that's all affiliate marketing and stuff like that, internet marketing, you know, all that kind of stuff. That is a whole different game. Yeah, that's rad. That's rad. Well, let's get back right to the snowboarding game because you were on the World Industries team when that was fucking like. Was Rocco in charge of that? That was like Steve Rocco time. Yep, dude. How yeah. fucking amazing is that? Being a skateboarder who gets to be it were you in like design meetings and shit with that energy that like Steve Rocco like let's fucking make this real let's let's mm. um no not really like i, I was cuz you know that go that all goes in, in inside the it goes on inside the buildings mm-hmm. and uh um, I didn't even I didn't even know him very good, you know. But the fact that he was cool and wild, open to those kind of ideas, let you know, let my team manager and whoever let you know gave them the ability to let me kind of come up with ideas, and that's how they came up with yeah. it. Like I came I came up with that baby's mama's dad and all that crazy <laughs> stuff. Yeah, the fact that they were like let that go is this what you know them being not scared to you know, not scared to freaking be controversial and cool. all that was what, what made, gave it so much flavor, man. It's crazy skater stuff, you know, bled into the snowboarding stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really good, around that time type a was doing it too. Right. I think that Danny way got in maybe a little earlier than that yeah. at, at around that same time. A little was, bit earlier. Yeah. 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 And there was a lot of like skate flavor in, in snowboarding. That was sick. <clears throat> I want to talk a bit about your parts, bro, and the fact that you land the way you land. Like, have you always stomped your shit so hard? Like, is that what got you noticed back in the day when your when your buddy was saying, like, "Dude, you're good," or is that something that you worked on? I worked on it, man. I watched, uh, like, you know, I, I, I don't know. I saw different styles, and I rode with Jason King, who mm-hmm. I just like. My, my, Jason King that was one of the first like I just, I would just watch him and be like that dude is so lofty smooth 
Rad. And uh, and then it just kind of came natural to me. That, you know, little bit different style, but like, you know, basically, um, I don't know, it reminds me of like, uh, it's just, there's a saying, you know, like, um, I'm, I'm more scared of the, the man who knows, or I'm more scared of the man who uh, has done a thousand of the same kick mm-hmm. than I am the dude that knows a thousand kicks. Okay, yeah, yeah. Of course. Which means, you know, like kind of like the, ma- you know, mastery, like you do it enough and you do it over and over and over again. Then you really kind of get in tune and into flow and have your own like flavor about it. Like it just kind of come- settles in. It, yeah. It's something that that when I watch those parts, I'm like, dude, you were so unique. There's like a, literally a handful of people whose style is as defining as your style is. It's crazy, dude. I was just watching those parts. I was like, fuck, I forgot. He's like one of my favorite dudes to watch snowboard, mostly because of the landings. That's the thing for me is you command so much on the landings. Everything, every your flow is good in the air. You take us, everything's good, great style. But your landings are like, I don't think there's anyone else out there that's that consistently, you know, I'd say maybe a Devin Walsh, but even Devin didn't. <clears throat> you know stomp that hard and he stomps hard like yeah uh, yeah dude that was that was definitely he was one of my influences for sure like Rad. It, it just um uh, yeah i don't know man it, yeah who did it, you look up to like who you, you're saying jason king devin walsh is in there like whose parts would get you like amped when you would watch videos back in the day tarquins yeah um yeah, Jay Nelson. Rad. Gilgan Yoder. <laughs> Fred Yoder, man. I, that's yeah, so man, sick. I, that dude was so cool, man, to me. Like, you know, I just, like, not was, he is. Yeah, but yeah. Like, uh, but, like, you know, he, I was just surprised at how, how cool these guys were to me. Like, that, that's a rad name that you bring up because I went to, I went to Wendell's in 90 or 91 and, um, uh, Brian Harper and a bunch of people were like Gilligan's going to be the next dude. He was on Lamar. He was like his style is just like fat pants and just like gangster style. Yeah. Sick. Yeah, man. Yeah. He was so Gilligan. out there. Cool. Like, yeah. Way outgoing. Just yeah, funny. Man. Dope. <laughs> That's so dope, man. That's cool. So, um, what's your, what's your, what's your first, uh, video part where you where you realize like okay this is a job i could do i could go out i could film i can i can put these i can put a part together um it was it was these movies called it was like like because kelly flynn that dude i told you about like he was starting to do photography and then then he got into making movie he wanted to do movies and he his first he did a like a a, like a promo merchandise teaser movie for this like a what what do you call it hardware no it was just like merch like merchandise like little kind of wacky company out of boulder so that was my first like heart like uh it was like it had like funny little tools that like made your Sorel boots more stable, you know, in the ankle <laughs> oh, yeah, area. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, there was a there was a company called Bakoda that had a bunch of stuff like that. Did yeah, like something like that, but shit. a small one, yeah. right? So he yeah. made a, like a trailer, just like a 
promo vid for that, and I was in like he he filmed me as part right. of it, and that was like so then. You know, then he got into his own, wanted to do his own movies. And so he started filming all the pros and I squeaked in there. That's dope. Yeah, that's sick. And then I started to, yeah, that's how I started to, I guess, gain recognition. Get noticed. Yeah, yeah. And what were your favorite years? Like, was, is the whole thing just like one happy trip or was it like Tech Nine was sick and world was a little bit of work or was it like oh man yeah there's i always talk about this all the time because there's it doesn't Ooh. matter what it is like you power through it right ups mm-hmm. and downs you lose you lose sponsors you break your freaking leg or whatever break your ribs got to get back up like lose another sponsor the other ones don't pay like you just keep pushing through i i, I saw a lot of people give up you know like yeah. quit right before they make it yeah, yeah. Uh, it just it was just like blow my mind because my first eight hundred dollar check, I knew what I was gonna do. Like I, there was no, there was that was it. Like yeah. that was my way out, man. That was my way out of it, of everything that I feared. Like listening to somebody tell me how much I'm worth and when I can to go take a piss and be stuck in some building and I just like that was my way. I, right. Like that first eight hundred dollar check it was after i started believing myself first that was like the first part but then once i got that eight hundred dollar check i'm like that was it yeah did you quit a job like were you like fuck that pizza place i'm out i'm, I'm making 800 bucks a month and that's enough for uh, me to go uh, man i don't know like i, I can't really remember there's little, like little spaces in there because i i would have this job like i got canned from the job because i went to jail because i didn't have insurance and i had a warrant and blah 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 oh, so fuck. i got canned from that and then you know went back to like other just you know getting my hustle on looking for ways to make money yep and uh so off and on jobs i think that was that could have been my last real job though right there yeah because in between there was a you know good couple of years where I didn't have a job. You just it was to you know get yeah. my hustle on. Would you take um? Would you take summers off, or were you were you like a you go to hood, or you go over to Strin or something for the summers to stay on your game? Ah oh, man, um... <laughs> hmm. good question. <laughs> I think uh, no, it was basically summers off. Yeah, skating Red. and yeah. hustling and skating. Incredible. Incredible. And did snowboarding at, you know, in those, in those big years, it paid all the bills. Like at some point you were, you were like sick. This is, I'm making good money. I'm taking care of um, myself and my family. Yeah. Somehow like between, you know, an $800 check and, uh, selling snowboards and whatever else. Yeah. Like I made it happen after that. Yeah. Yeah. Dope. Dope. Well, let's talk, let's talk, um, yeah, like, how does the career pan out? Like, because I know you're good friends with Tara, the Kitas, right? Yeah. She talks very highly of you. And I know that it, it, her story is more typical of most pros from that era, which is like yeah. one year she's got sponsors. I don't know if it was an injury or if there was some, she fell out of favor with somebody at mac dog or something weird happens and the next year she finds herself on her own dime like no fucking sponsors or not enough to make it 
worth her, you know, like she's starting to stress, go like, shit, I got to do something to get paid here. And then, mm-hmm. and then two years after that, she's just like, I'm not, I'm not paying my way to be a, you know, superstar snowboarder. This fucking sucks. <laughs> right. Like, and, and yeah. I, I'll, I'll tell you right now, the, the people that listen to this show, there's, you know, they hear that and shake their heads. Like, that's not the way this should be. Right. Like th- we shouldn't be turning our backs on. Tara was such a fucking prominent world pro like cereal box. You know what I mean? Like she should be, yeah, we should be honoring the fact that she did what she did when she did. So I don't know. Did you find it was kind of similar for you? Was there an injury that took you out or was it companies folded and you're just like not ready to hustle to the next one to, to be like, you know, on the roster with some company you don't stand behind. Um, man, there, you know, there's it, perspective changes, I guess, after you, you get wise, older, whatever, when you're younger, like, well, and uh, what I noticed anyway, when people are younger, they think, I remember I had an ego and I thought they should be doing so-and-so for me, you know, or whatever. But, um, at, when I, and I was just so from nothing that I was so appreciative of whatever I got that I would, I would literally make myself so like over work over like over deliver way over deliver mm-hmm. um and do as much as i possibly could because i just man i couldn't even believe it i was like appreciative and and uh and i just like i, I loved everybody because they're like man they were so nice compared to where i came from like where i come from yeah. you got to mean mug everybody and act all tough and i was all quiet and you know, kind of like acting tough and or not even, you know, and there's like people were so freaking nice, man, that mm-hmm. I just loved them to death. Right. And they could tell, I'm sure, like, you know, and so I just, I wanted to be worth more than they were giving me. Right. And I think that, that I didn't know what I was doing when I did it, but I think that worked pretty good. And then I was, I was always really careful about the image, mm-hmm. not the money. Right. Because uh, I wanted matching stuff, and then uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. like or, you know, like I mean, I just wanted alignment, you know, with me. Yep. I didn't know about that kind of marketing either yet. Right. Um, I was just true, like real, real to myself. Real, I want, I was, you know, I was picky, man. Like I, you know, Spitfire wheels. Like I, I'm just a certain type that I don't, you know, I want what I want. Cool. And uh, and. So then that, you know, that, that was like important. So I didn't really care about the money that, you know, lost certain sponsors, had a couple, you know, um, go through some rough spots. Um, and then I, and then I remember one time when I did, um, go against what I felt and rode for a, a sponsor. I can, I guess I could name a name, but like, you know, switch, I, I, I changed, I, I came off tech nine to write switch cause they were giving they just flopped out a big old check for right me. or big, what i thought was big and i was like holy crap totally that was my first that was my first bigger check like bigger yeah big salary where i was like i'll take it you know that's gonna that's i'll I, i'll be able to save money like i wanted to be smart with a, a career like my career so the i learned a big lesson from that is like as soon as you do that that was a huge mistake because 
I didn't even know like I just but I was I was I got real burnt out for a sec I, I actually quit for a year wow yeah after that I quit like I just because I thought I didn't like snowboarding when really um I just I just kind of like stopped and was I just wasn't into it and I didn't realize that it was because I didn't feel comfortable on my board so finally one day I'm like you know let's just try these tech nines out again I got on them and it was so freaking insanely comfortable and it felt I was so on point that day that I was like oh my I wasn't not into snowboarding I just didn't feel comfortable like with my skate you know my snowboard on my feet like yeah. it was, I just man it felt so good and, and after that man I, I kind of had a re-explosion and went off like I just freaking loved loved riding and it felt stupidly comfortable like when you look down and you know you look good and you know you feel like you feel good you're on point it's just like then then the checks came again i learned you know so i learned my lesson there that's badass dude that's an epic story that i love that because yes yeah stefan's coming back dude like burton is putting it out there and uh <laughs> it's one of those yeah. things that is i have a hard time i have a hard time forgetting like all the mistakes i've made like uh, wide boards. I have a regular size foot. Um, baseless bindings. You know, like I would. I jumped on that all in step ins. I was like, yeah, fuck for sure. That's my jam. You know what I mean? I rode switch for a couple mm -hmm. years and had a similar experience. If I'm being honest, it's like yeah, like I, I, I wanted thought, them I just, to I, work, I, but they didn't work. Yeah, I, I thought I thought I was good enough to make it work. Like I thought yeah. that I could make that work. And... Yeah. And I, I pulled, I almost pulled it off, you know, but like <laughs> internally it's just, man, I learned a huge lesson about being true to, to what you feel, yeah. you know, what, what, what I felt. So after then, you came back, were, were you full on tech nine again? Cause I remember just, just the bindings, it's just, just the, the, bindings. the bindings, the bindings changed everything. Yeah. Like it just, just, a, it was crazy. It was just bindings, like changed everything. That's rad. What board are you on at this time? The Sims stuff? I was on a world. I was on a world, on world. board. Yeah, on world. Yeah. Cool. And Sims was after. Was Sims after world or was it before? I can't yeah, remember. after. It was after. It was like that last cool kick at the can yeah. that Sims did with some badass shit. And your board, your board sold well. I remember that. That was a, that was a yeah. fun time. So you came back with yeah. a vengeance. You put down heavy hammer parts and you were starting to get or continuing to get parts in like the major movies. Right. Yeah. Like, that's sick, dude. That was, that's like all time. I love that. Yeah. Like right after that it was on, I had some banger parts. Mm -hmm. I, I felt, I was feeling so good when I back, like when I got through back yeah. to what I, so thought. do you think maybe having that year off, like actually helped possibly? No, I was like, I was miserable just, but I was collecting a check, but miserable. <laughs> oh man yeah yeah so you i was like i yeah. was thinking you know i was already on my like thinking man what am i gonna do next okay and i was already kind of plotting out my and then i i just randomly like eh, i'm gonna throw these bindings on and i went snowboarding and i was like oh oh my gosh <laughs> like i couldn't even freaking believe it that's dope i love that like, that's incredible so you have a few more years after that then obviously like you're, you're yeah more, major yeah those are the major years of your career and and uh well not even uh 
kind of, I mean, that, and then, you know, I had other breakthroughs that just, I mean, I, I made the most money later on that usually after pros are done at like 30, 31, you know, oh, like wow. I had my big, I had big breakthroughs after that. Oh, that's sick. That's really sick. Okay. Are you goofy or are you regular footed? Um, goofy. Fuck. Just, just watching your parts. I'm like, okay, then that switch. And then I'm like, no, because then that makes that switch. That can't be switch. <laughs> there's there is a shot i saw tonight of the chad's gap big front three like two big yeah. front three that was switch <laughs> no that was regular that was regular oh yeah that's goofy right okay sick yeah but that's fat that's like like too big most people that go that big just eat it so dope dude <laughs> that's right right on man all right no yeah i mean that, that wasn't that wasn't even Chad. That was Pyramid Gap. Oh, Pyramid Gap. Yeah. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. That thing is massive. A lot of people say that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, fast. Chad's Gap looks similar. Is that Am I? Dude, it's right next to it. Yeah, everybody gets them mixed up. Okay, okay. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about, um, yeah, let's talk about the wind down of, of your career and how, like, what were the factors in, in, pushing you to okay so uh, no let's talk about this other breakthrough like that you get to further on in your career and what what's that like and where does that come from does that come from you or does that come from some outside source well it was no it was like you know i was like kind of like living the rock star lifestyle and, and you know just like not paying attention to what I'm putting in my, you know, the food that I'm eating, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. And I had crazy injuries. I had a detached MCL and, um, I, I was out, man, like for a while, a year with, injuries. couldn't get my knee back. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't get my knee back. I thought I was like losing sponsors or well, I was losing sponsors. Eventually, you know, it was like starting to now affect to everything and I yeah. couldn't get back on my board. And not a lot of people know this whole story. They just think i you know, got like, I freaked out on, you know, uh, just wellness and you know, talking about cancer and all this stuff. Cause I found out about wellness, like antioxidants, you know, supplements. Yeah. Um, and I got turned on to that stuff and uh, like literally I, okay. So I tried some superfood drinks. Like the, uh, some people know my story about getting into acai berry and that was discovered and, it literally like changed my everything, man. Like, okay. seems kind of funny, but no, man. Like, I now when <laughs> I know that I know that it's it's something that you could be a target for, right? We talked about this at the beginning of the thing, where somebody, yeah, you know, where people don't like, understand, and then they just go, "This is a fucking wacky pyramid scheme," and Mark Frank's gonna take your money for whatever reason. They don't call you and ask yeah. what the fuck is actually <laughs> yeah. going on, like. I know. Oh that, my gosh! Yeah, yeah. And that 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 pissed me off because as if I need five dollars, I'm gonna try to sell somebody something, right? But like, right. Um. So like my, I was jacked, man. Like my back, my knees. Like I couldn't sleep. I was there's like holes in my wall. I'd punch the wall at night because it was just my knee burned me. I couldn't get back. I was I was all, depressed, like pissed, frustrated. Yeah. 
tried everything like try i've spent like fifty thousand trying to get my knee back cortisone shots pulse signal therapy machines like all kinds of different technologies couldn't get it back yep and then uh someone's like man you need to like you know there's my ex she's trying to tell me about the acai stuff there's other people like dude you need to you know put the right things in your body and so i started you know taking supplements and acai and stuff and like my knee stops hurting rad and uh not not all the way like healed or anything but man I, you know i started to sleep through the night so i'm like holy crap but you know couldn't have been that like that the supplement stuff so i'm like doing research and everything and then i, I i'm looking online i'm seeing all the big pharma conspiracy stuff that like yeah. they just want you to be sick you know and how doctors only get paid when you're sick and something's wrong with you so they're, they're not really investing the time to teach you how to you know heal yourself and all that all this humongous underground you know un like like man i'm woke you know like I'm, i yeah. understand all this stuff now so i i started getting like you know i was like dude this is this is huge you know like so i was all excited to try to tell people and and then, you know, so I go from like pushing nasty, toxic energy drinks, you know, where I'm the coolest guy ever right. to trying to talk about something positive and healthy. Yep. And I, and there's, you know, people are taking shots at me. I'm like, oh, okay, you, you motherfuckers want it like oh, for real. And so I started taking shots back, yep. talking hella crap because, man, you know, we this, our industry gets exploited by some of these big, huge billion dollar corporations to take advantage of the cool guys. Totally. You know, and, uh, and so, like, I'm, you know, I was doing some positive. Anyway, anyway, I won't go off on that tangent, tangent, because it was kind of my own fault for being all defensive, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> I understand, I learned, though, man. I, I, yeah, I, I understand. Literally, yeah, and I literally had, like, I went back and uh, basically apologized to even some of my friends and stuff. I was all excited. <laughs> but, um, but uh, I learned, like, man, I was like, dang, you know, if this, okay, if this is real, I'm going to change my whole everything like i changed I, I started eating raw salad you know raw fruits vegetables changed my whole lifestyle right and it literally helped me heal my like my body every like helped me with my like my i helped my mom with her high blood pressure like i was like starting to help people with things and myself like it brought my career back i i literally was able to kind of heal myself back and after that after like that was like when I was 31, it hit me like a brick wall, man. Like my health and my, my physical and my body. Yeah. And dude, when I was 33, 34 is when I made the most money of my career. Cause then, yeah. you know, X games came and my, one of my best friends, Todd Hahn was my manager. And he's like, I just had all these breakthroughs. Like one time, one day he's just, he goes, he goes, you know, man, dude, help me help you. You know, like, <laughs> like, uh, you know, as far as like, more outside industry money being on x games when i didn't want to do it you know and all that yep and uh you know the, i just i i started take taking things more serious like i wasn't i wasn't stretching i wasn't doing any of that stuff you know <laughs> <laughs> and uh but i did change my lifestyle and i was just started getting into reading and then finding out all the things that i didn't know and I just couldn't believe, I'm like, man, I can't believe I didn't know that. And most people have, they don't even know that stuff. They don't know any, like, the more we find out, you know, and the more we learn, the more we find out what we don't know. And I just got all addicted to, like, what else don't I know? You know, I went down so many different rabbit holes 
in study mode for like the last 15 years basically that's super rad dude that's it's so few people do it you know what i mean a lot of people turn off the learning at like high school or whatever they get their yeah and then I, job. And, yeah. and so there's always there's always somebody to talk shit too right like <laughs> And then they start going, oh, you're in some cult, you know, it's like, yeah, it is. it's short for culture, you know, like, sure. oh, you personal development snobs, you know, it's like, <laughs> so I was like getting mad and I was talking crap, not realizing that there's always going to be other people that have different beliefs and you can't do anything about them. They're always going to be there. So don't try to control other people and things that you can't control, just control yourself. So I yeah. started doing that. And I never, I never really acknowledged or replied or put spend any time you know into the like the magazines that were talking crap because you know they're still going to be there in 20 years talking crap because they're negative you know there's like there's always going to be somebody trying to trying to say something and you can't do anything about like don't even bother there's a saying actually that i I, we always joke about is like you know when people try to clown you or hate on you or you know you know get go after you for what you're doing or whatever it's like never go down to that level and wrestle with a pig and it's shit <laughs> right because basically you know both parties lose but the, the only difference is the pig likes it <laughs> yeah right 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 <laughs> yeah i hear that bro i totally hear it so and people are always like why didn't you say anything back it's like dude i'm too busy freaking getting my you know my success on yeah, at least trying, Fail, failing forward, man. They, failing that's forward. Thing that's that... that's a great idea. I I feel like uh, a lifetime of learning is the only way to really, you know. There's a lot of dudes like you, man. There's a lot of people out there that are like, this is. I mean, you look at you look at. I, I like listening to podcasts. You look at Joe Rogan, the way he talks about nootropics and the way that he goes with you know double blind science testing of all this different stuff that is just like. Yeah. Where where he gets experts on that could just tell you, you know what, this shit is real, and yeah. especially for me, it was like I grew up with a lot of uh, guilt around doing drugs, right? And I'm I'm just talking about like mushrooms and smoking some pot and maybe a bit of acid here and there, you know. But I really did feel like a second class citizen because I'd made these choices to like smoke a bit of dr- pot, you know, like oh, the guy's a druggie mm-hmm. or whatever. And then when you uh-huh. hear what the real deal is, when you realize, holy fucking shit, sugar's a drug, chocolate's a drug, yeah. co- coffee's a drug, caffeine's a drug, all this shit's drugs. Why are they just? Why are they so invested in making you feel bad? You know what I mean? And I think yeah. I think we're coming to an era where kids aren't going to feel bad about shit that's just made up. That you should feel bad about it. I don't think knowledge. You shouldn't feel bad learning how to be a better person learning how to sell stuff or learn or learning how to, how to market things that are going to help people. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, you just always got to watch, you know, of course everyone has an agenda mm-hmm. kind of for what they're saying. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times into like, you know, then they have their rules for their beliefs of what, what they believe and why they believe it and all that stuff. And everybody has different beliefs, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. It's what causes war and stuff. Totally. Like, um, a, a really good saying or a really good thing I heard in the last year is that if you still believe with the same resolution in everything that you believed in like five years ago, you need to 
you need to do some reading. You know what I mean? Like if you're, yeah. if you developed your opinions when you were in high school and now you're like 50, dude, you need to get out of that mode. You, it's well, and you need to, to think about the, 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 you know, the legs of that table, like the foundation of it, because like, where did you get the belief from? Right. Mm -hmm. So I always, I always explain like, you know, when you're, when you're taking advice or opinions of somebody, you might want to check the results and the success that that, that person has in the area they're speaking. Cause if they don't have success in that area, I wouldn't take advice from them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whether it's business, you know, like, or relationships or whatever, like, you, you yeah, know. yeah. Advice is the cheapest commodity on earth. Everybody will give it to you. It's just free. Yeah, yeah, free because it's so valuable, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, well, it is nice to talk to someone like yourself that actually, you know, when I talk with my, oh, I hate to say it, it sounds like such a geek, but yeah, when I talk <laughs> with my heroes of snowboarding, there's a feeling that I get about myself about like, you know, I was... I've been a passionate snowboarder for a very fucking long time, you know, and uh, I I really do feel like there's a reason that people get to the top of that game. A guy like yourself or a Kevin Jones or a Noah Selaznick. It's because people are cut from a different cloth. You know what I mean? Like you grew up, you know. If you didn't believe in yourself when you were young, by the time you were getting those video parts, fuck it, yeah, you believed in yourself, and that's sick, dude. There's something to be said for that. Yeah, you got to go after mm -hmm. what you believe in, like mm -hmm. and stick up and stick up for what you believe in. Like mm -hmm. if you if you don't want conflict or enemies, then just don't don't stick up and stand up for what you believe in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Like the, you know, so so you're automatically gonna get haters and enemies and all this stuff like that's that's i feel like i almost feel bad for you know how crazy the, the you know internet and social media is now because there's so many negators and people yeah. that can get on out there and tell their you know opinions and belief i'll, I'll never forget like so many times i think back i'm like one time i was on the lift and Ch chaz goldman was down under there you know people like to crack on him some you know on everybody everybody cracks on some people right so then yeah. there's there's these other kids that were on the lift kind of cracking on him like oh Ted Goldman, blah, 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 right and, was, and he, he he was such a cool dude like that he like such a positive happy kind of person that he, he just kind of he didn't if it was me like you know i wasn't very developed <laughs> like you know like i didn't have the personal development i have like now yeah but it's like, yeah back then i would have been like motherfucker what you know like i'll see you at the fucking bottom bitch like yeah just wanted to kill him yeah but he was just like he kind of just waved him off he's like yeah yeah cool whatever he kind of brushed it off and it's like that's why he's where he's at right there yeah because he can take it right but like and 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 you know but they those kids will never get to his level ever because no, like just no. like i said earlier they, they'll never subconsciously be able to go there because they they're so scared of being the person that's made fun of and all that stuff yeah trolls trolls in, on you mentioned internet like trolls are like the lowest of the low it's like it feels like the worst of society and it all always feels like it's some like little kid like a 10 year old 12 year old 14 year old boy that doesn't know what he's doing saying the most heinous shit to people 
it's like wow man that's not <laughs> yeah. gonna get you anywhere but neither is uh, is reacting to it you know what i mean you can't read the comments i think that's what people say you gotta just fucking yeah and it's like it's it's it's, it's kind of sad because the internet is like the bathroom stall of information yeah right anybody can jump on and get be get putting out their yeah opinions and all that stuff so you did know? you how many years you do the the x games for and and what were your events? Did you do did you do big air? Uh, Just slope style. Slope style. Slope style. Yeah, those yeah. those slope styles were fun, man. That was a whole new way of doing stuff. Hey, like to have like big media coverage yeah. on you know really good courses and fair judging and stuff. Um, yeah, you were able to make a make a a go of it, make a career of that for a few years yeah i was like i wasn't i wasn't there to like totally try to be you know champion number one or anything but mm-hmm. just to be on tv because that's what the outside industry bigger sponsor was wanted wanted you know is more more eyeballs right totally yeah that's the original <laughs> the original like system so many likes yeah. <laughs> so like i, I you know i'm this part of it like I, I made it happen like with my own steez as long as i'm in there you know but like kind of mm-hmm. being different with my own style and not trying to be like number one but doing it my own way that's dope man that's it was, really it was dope. cool made it fun big parties <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome who are you riding for at this point um uh, years i think it was it was uh it was probably end of sims mm-hmm. and definitely nitro nitro so you go to nitro from sims nitro is a company that has uh had a real resurgence the last couple of years of fucking yeah, and the and they were always cool. They always had a good team, dude. Right from back in the in the beginning, cool people. Yeah, yeah, very cool people. I I, I like that company. I've I had a pyro like way back in the day, and it was it was a good board, man. Like asymmetrical side cut and shit. Like way back in the beginning, good construction, mm-hmm. rode really well. Yeah, nitro's dope. Yeah. And so did you have a, a a year where you said, okay, this is it, I retire? Or were there a few years where you just, you were drawing a paycheck and you were like, I don't know how many contests I'm going to do kind of thing? Yeah, well, like, you know, for I I kind of planned it out. Like, you know, like I knew I couldn't snowboard forever and I, I watched a lot of people that didn't have a plan B and, and like I, I was already reading books by then and when I was launching my own companies. I literally went like I realized pretty quickly as soon as I got into business, like you, you can imagine you can't like it's really hard to go back to a normal job. Mm-hmm. You know, once you're making a half million, a million a year or whatever, like to, you can't yeah. go back to anything normal. And <laughs> like I was I was basically ruined, like psychologically unemployable. Yeah, that's and, a good uh, thing if if yeah, you make it work. And, right. So I was like, you know, launch it like I want I. I was like, man, I got to stop making other people rich. I'm getting taken advantage of. I got, you know, taken advantage of and robbed basically of money and, you know, opportunity, like just, just, you know, crazy stuff. Um, and, uh, but, you know, I, I, I was, I was failing forward, like learning from, so I, I was starting my own businesses, launching them, learning making mistakes but then it's like this is the same as snowboarding man it's like oh you know you crash and burn and then you're like okay now i know not to do it like that next time right and so it's not a failure it's feedback it's course correction that's what people like i, I had some 
you know, like I said, like the magazines are like, oh, he failed. You know, it's like, well, yeah, you're scared to fail. I, I keep failing. I invite failure so I can learn and learn and get bigger, stronger, better every time. Right. And, uh, and so I was doing that, you know, and I, I was like, just kept reading. But basically, <clears throat> you know, when we had these businesses, I just, I went from like, I don't know, man, like I went from traveling and having freedom and being around my kids to seriously being super busy, stressed out, overhead, mortgage, insurance, paid work, employees, like crazy, you know, work, work, work. Like a lot of times business owners realize that like they're, you know, we, we don't really, we just like bought ourselves a job. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's, it's like, man, I, I started, I was missing I, I like lost my lifestyle. Right. Missing time with my kids and all that stuff. So then I uh, was like studying more. Like, man, okay, how do I this whole financial freedom thing and getting into home business and trying to figure out the internet, like twenty four hour income, that's that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I I was working on that for ten years straight. Uh, you know, pretty much um, through the end. So I'd have a, an easy transition. Yeah, and were you able to? You were able to make that work for you. Like that's where you're at now. Yeah, yeah. I, I struggled for the first three years straight. You know, like oh man, <laughs> like. But uh, yeah. But I was still snowboarding and stuff, so I just took that time to learn, and and I would just uh, in my spare time, like I was DJing, Brad. Freaking, you know, getting really good at that. Trying to, I could charge pretty good money for DJing, so that that was a. Uh, one of the plans of fallback. That's right. And then I got super, like, super passionate about the, you know, all the stuff that I do now. It's like home business, freaking, you know, internet, laptop lifestyle kind of stuff. So is it something that you can, you know, put out there in a way that, that the listeners can, can relate to it? You know what I mean? Like, is it something you can say, like, okay, this is what I do, or is it too complicated to get into in a, you know, in yeah, a short there, conversation? Yeah. Is there somewhere that we can send our listeners if they're interested in figuring out, you know, what you're doing and how to get involved? Let's just put it that way then. Like, that's probably yeah, the easiest I, thing. Yeah, I guess. Like, you know, it's it's not for, like, you see it a lot online. I don't know if you've seen all that stuff. It's like, oh, my simple system is going to make you rich. And there's a bunch of like yes. make money from home stuff and yes. whatever. And like, there's a whole industry of, of videos of how to make those videos. You know what I mean? Like that's where we're yeah. at now. We're at that spot. Like, we're yeah. at that spot. Because, you know, it's, and, but it's, it's like level, it's, they call it different levels of market awareness. Like yeah. a lot of people just have jobs and they're not even, they're not really aware that there's a problem. Like there's a, what? what's wrong with working till I'm 65. Right. You know, like they're, they're okay with that. Totally. So it's not for most people. Right. And then, the, then there's people that want to get in and they think it's a get rich quick thing. So they never even look into it. Right. Like you see the, the books make money from real estate on, you know, like two in the morning and most people never even, they'll just sit there and go, no, it's a scam. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then and so that's one level of person. Right. And then the next level would be like people that are like, I don't know. They'll, they'll maybe get, Oh, that's a good, yeah. You know, they might buy the book, but they'll never do, they'll never read it. It just sits on the copy table. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's probably most people. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then, and there's different, yeah, there's different industries. There's, there's simple ways to get in. I have simple ways. 
I'm not going to list any websites or, or anything like that. It's like you can if you want, dude. You know. Like I, this is an open forum. You know what I mean? Like Mark, yeah. They can follow you on on Facebook, uh, Mark Frank Montoya's mindset, right? Like that'll give people an idea uh, or is that yeah not, i mean that's that, my personal the, okay let's i won't put that out there <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know i guess you can have followers on there too but um yeah like i, I well, use here's... the back end of, i use the back end of facebook to like laser laser okay. target people that are already interested in making money from home and all that stuff like they're Got already it. looking yeah so um you know but then there's like i like to talk about this stuff because it's, it's just all the same parallel laws of success like you got like you know, you don't go into snowboarding and buy a bunch of boots and snowboards, you know, and then, and then like, oh man, what a scam. Like I freaking, <laughs> I freaking paid all these hundreds of dollars of stuff and a thousand bucks for my whole setup. And I've been snowboarding this whole three months and I'm not, I'm not getting any money. Right. <laughs> right. Right. It's like silly shit. Yeah, dude. Totally. And so we all have this anti your uncle that's tried something and failed and goes around saying it's a scam when they just quit. They're yeah. quitters. Yeah. 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 It makes all that stuff look bad. You know, totally. some people actually get the book, read the book, take the action, uh, fail a couple times, learn from it, dial in and go into mastery. And that's when you're in the, when you have specialized skills, you know, there's a golden rule, 10,000 hours or 10 years of practice and training until you're, you have specialized skills and then you're in the big money. Right, but most people, most people are dabblers. Yeah, or or yeah, all those people that you just uh, that you just laid out there, like that that covers most of the people. And I think that's kind of you're going to get the same kind of number of people uh, at the top that that you would get in snowboarding, right? Like I wanted to be a fucking pro snowboarder, of course I did, until I realized what the job was. Then I was like, I don't know if I want to do that. It's a little scary, you know what I mean? Plus. That yeah. would that would mean I got to quit my full time job. I got to snowboard every day because I got to get as good as these guys. You know, like I rode with Devin Walsh when he was in high school still, and I was like, I will never be that good, no matter how hard I try. I will never be as good as him. And so I just mm. I just looked at it and said, Well, I can't. I'm I could I could be like a B team rider for some people, but I'm not going to quit you know, making yeah. money the way I know how to make money. You know what I mean? Which is like, go to a job 40 hours a week and go snowboarding in the afternoons or evenings or weekends or whatever. That's just yeah. how I was at that time. I know about making money through, um, like just in the industry, through the difference between distributing stuff and like good ideas, right? Like we, we, we saw good ideas come through snowboarding. You'd see something, you'd be like, "Oh, that shit is sick," you know, and yeah. and then somebody was making money on it. Some distributor somewhere would get a hold of some great line, and for a few years, when it's hot, they're making tons of cash, dude. And that's not the guy at the shop that's selling it to people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I knew that. Yeah, there's there's all, there's all kinds of different you know business models out there. Like, yeah, on, online and, and you know all that all that stuff but they're all they're all kind of the same which yeah. is like okay you gotta stick in there and take invest the time and be consistent and learn them you know there's like yeah. there's systems you can follow and and you get skilled within the systems and depends on you know what your passion is and what you can be passionate about where you like just like snowboarding if you love it enough you'll go a lot because you love it and you'll automatically be good because you're always doing it yeah 
right? Yeah. It's not a job. Yeah, people ask a lot, like, oh, hey, you snowboard. Like, can you teach me how to snowboard? And you, if if you're nice and you like them enough and you go up the mountain with them and you help them tie their boots <laughs> and you get them on the lift and then they fall down at the top and they go, okay, well, now what? You go, now you just got to ride. What do you mean? Like, you got to ride all the time, every day. I have friends of mine that I ride with sometimes. They'll, they'll say, man, how do I get good? Like, I want to go off jumps. I'm like, dude. You haven't snowboarded this year. You want to go off jumps? You got to go snowboarding all year, dude. And then yeah. start hitting jumps. That's it's the simplest thing. But people want to people want to be good. People want to be, you know, Mark Frank Montoya good. That's not going to happen if you don't put in the time. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, it's not going to happen yeah. for most people anyway because you got to be predisposed to have that drive to go out there and, and shred all the time. Which I'm glad that you did, because shit, watching those parts again today, I'm like, that shit is real. That's that's what gets me stoked on snowboarding. Yeah. You know, people these days will talk and say, like, you know, Willie was talking, saying how kids don't have, like, the models to look up to, like, the people to look up to. Everything's kind of like, um, you know, Instagram mentality and, like there's there's real olympics is kind of taking sucking the soul out of the sport but that's not true man when i watched the lobster movie those guys are like the you of today you know what i mean like yeah totally yeah. not going to be defined by somebody else telling them what they have to do Def yeah like exactly. they, they have to have they're they're doing stuff with their style because they wouldn't they wouldn't take less than that you know what i mean yeah, they're sick too, and, and you can tell they love they love it. Like they love what they do. So yeah, it makes it fun as fuck to watch, dude. That's that's what always I oh, and I want to thank you personally. Like I always got a serious kick out of watching your parts because you it, it comes across you love snowboarding. It's dope, dude. How much <laughs> how much do you snowboard now? You still get out there sometimes. Um, yeah, but I like, I, I moved to Colorado mm -hmm. and I used to live 14 minutes from Snowbird and it was all sweet and fun and easy to get up there and all that. Now it's like, man, the traffic got all crazy over here on I-70 and it takes like hours to get up there. So it's like, uh, harder to motivate. So I'm picky. Yeah. But I still, I'll go to Japan and sick, you know, look for their good powder here and there. And you know, when it's the bomb. Yeah. You, you met my buddy Nick from Salmon Arms there last, uh, last winter he said you were such a oh. dude all right on man he, yeah he was like oh man you gotta interview that guy he's a fucking serious dude like just a really <laughs> nice guy i was like yeah fuck yeah um that's awesome let's let's talk family you got you're you're a family guy right like so that uh, were you a family guy through the whole thing were you like uh, you alluded to that world ad was like a fucking badass joke yeah it was a joke. I, no, I already uh, I had kid. I had a kid at that time too. Damn. Uh, but like, but I was younger, and it was I was it was still more about me. Yeah. At that time. Yep. But my late my my wife lady at the time, baby mama, she was hella funny and cool with it. She let me do whatever. <laughs> and uh, so she like good humor and let me do do that ad and all of it, you know. But I was I was I was little. You know, it's almost like 
I was selfish. Like it was, it was all about me still. Yeah. Yeah. And, you uh, did well with the ladies from what I've heard from other pros. You did very, very well. Like the women <laughs> left you. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I, I was about, I was about that. And, um, yeah. Man, that's hard to, you know, <laughs> <laughs> funny 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 subject right yeah man yeah no that's dope that uh so you you were taking your kid to to wrestling there while we took a break um how old's how old is you've got one kid right now that you're like full-time dad yeah i'm like all the way full-time dad now um that's uh, the opposite five. that's the opposite of selfish huh yeah, it is like, you know, everything has shifted and um, yeah. it's like, uh, it's so different. Like I was, I was younger then and mm-hmm. not fully absorbed. Like, you know, I, I just, now I, 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 I can't get enough. It's like, I'm so absorbed and, and abs- like absorbing so much and so present. Dope. Like, and, and. And I know more. Like I'm, I've, I've become a better father person. You know, I I, I know I'm I'm pre- really aware. Try to be aware of things that I say and things that I do. That because everything's, you know, programming. Mm-hmm. Right? Like we're we're programmed since day one. It's like yes. an empty hard drive, and then everything that starts going in there is just. It's not cemented, but man, it's a program. Yeah. Like, and so you gotta be be aware and i'm so lucky that my mom was aware pretty you know from reading a lot of books and being around the right environment that uh she didn't really give me a lot of limiting beliefs and she would do little things like um i'll just give you one example like okay you know because the average kid and here's the word no stop no don't you know all that stuff like mm-hmm. freaking a, a scary forty four thousand times before he's even four years old or something crazy like that you totally know? and she had read a bunch of stuff of like you know the right books and things and and she i remember like so clear that um when I would jump off of stuff like little ledges and rocks and things you know like when, when we were around other people she knew that I could kind of hear, but I wasn't paying attention, but I could hear and it would go into the subconscious, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking that I was like a, a graceful, super strong tiger. Like, cause yeah. she would tell them and like, she knew that I could kind of so consciously hear and she would always go, look at him, look at how, look at how strong and graceful he is. Like a tiger. Like that's sick. And I, I always thought I was like, superhuman you know and she, she like and she supported the things that i did even though most other people that were close to me were, were like telling me what are you gonna do with that stupid skateboard you need to go to school and get a job you mm-hmm. know and, and like and and when are you gonna stop that when are you gonna stop hurting yourself when are you gonna and like closest people to you are usually you know giving you some crazy advice that they're, they think they're helping you but really they're crushing your dreams that you know if i would have listened to that I'd be stuck in some building doing something I hate or whatever, you know? Yeah. And because of, you know, the things that she knew to do is, I know part of the reason why I, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing. 
That's rad. So the whole snowboard industry owes your mom a big thank you, man. That's dope. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. That's touching, bro. I, I really I'm and I'm I'm glad to hear that you you're growing into the dad that um that your kid deserves. That's dope. That's really really nice. Yeah. It's yeah. it's been a fucking crazy pleasure talking to you, Mark. Um is there anything that you want to say, anything you want to plug before we kind of wrap it up? Um no, man, I, 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 I appreciate <laughs> the time and the platform and what you're doing, man. I should really, you know, go after it. Like, Thanks, homie. Yeah, I will for sure. And yeah, get I mean, well, in, t- get in you're touch. Already, you're already going after it. Shit. It's awesome. Kind of. I'm not, I'm not going like, you know, I'm not going crazy. I'm not thinking of it as a job. I'm, I'm just thinking of it as, as a service that I'm providing for free <laughs> that costs me money to provide for people. I'm fine with that, dude. I really, really am. But you, you need yeah. to get in touch with, um, with currents and, and reconnect with that guy. Cause he's, he's on a similar path and, uh, he's been doing a lot of reading and oh, fuck guys like a guru, dude. It's insane. And, and he really That's has, awesome. he has a big place in his heart for you, man. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. Likewise, I, I'm just grateful for most of the people in the industry and that that have support. Like, I do want to say that. Like, I'm I'm so grateful, and I don't even like to talk about it much because I like I'll sit here and <laughs> I don't like crying in front of everybody. But like, <laughs> man, I I just like I wouldn't I wouldn't have been any, much without you know people like you and and supporting and you know people that backed me and and looked out for me like i wish i could just say but I, it'd be all nights and you're naming off friends <laughs> yeah but i i just I'm, I'm so i'm so thankful man that's dope that's awesome mark all right yeah. evan rad shout outs this week to everyone who came up to mount seymour for the first day of the year for me anyways on saturday after the dinos premiere it was super fun All right, I'm putting on the waffle this week to try and raise some money. I'm going to put the money towards a logo for the show so then we can have stickers and T-shirts and stuff like that, some swag to sell. Go to Waffle House of Snowboards on Facebook, and as soon as we sell those tickets, Rob Dow will get working on your custom wired snowboard, and then I will talk to you after you ride it a bit, and we'll put it all on the show. Thanks for supporting the show, and make sure you come back next week for another episode of the Effin' Rad Snowboarding Podcast. Brought to you by SIA Productions.